Welcome to Was It Good? I'm your host, Ravi, joined by two Avengers, Christian and Arjuna. We're finally ready to review the greatest film to date, Avengers Endgame, the longest MCU film to date, the most financially successful film in the MCU, and the saddest film in the MCU. We're talking Robert Downey Jr. and the Oscar rumors, time travel, the future of the MCU, and we have two very special guests with their hot takes on Avengers Endgame. That was very professional. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say this, but it's like I've been doing this for a hot minute, <laughs> yeah. and like eventually you kind of get into a flow, and you're like, I think I know what the people you want. You get into a cadence. I will say this is our 39th episode of Was It Good? Only 30 more. <laughs> Thousand to go. That's how it feels, honestly. <laughs> yes. But, you know, like we like to do here on our beautiful podcast, Was It Good? We like to go around the room and kind of give us give a one word, unpack, and description of what we thought about the movie and as always we start with the oldest baldest brother in this family krishna i really wanted to make up a word for this but uh, i've been advised against it by my agent so i'm just going to go with the not as exciting but i think very apt spectacular i thought the movie was spectacular in almost every way uh it was i, I went in expecting one kind of a movie and i was expecting it to be good uh and i, I came out uh, with a completely different movie than I was expecting, and it was amazing. It was spectacular. Um, it was emotional. It was funny. It was dark. Uh, I thought it was some of the best acting um, that we've actually seen in the MCU. Uh, and, you know, that... I don't know what else to say but that. Uh, I'm going to leave it right there. I think, you know, spectacular. I guess, uh, Arjuna, I'll ask you, what is your one word? Uh, I'm going to go steaks. This is the first Marvel movie like the meat? that had true steaks. Uh, and it it felt like a movie with consequence. And they didn't just try and undo it. Uh, and it really followed through on steaks. Uh, it it it, uh, it mirrors a movie that into me. Like it, it par- it's parallel to a movie uh, that came out three years ago. Also by the Russo brothers. Uh, Captain America Civil War. That we all thought was this big event and i think a big complaint with us and among other others was that it was a movie without stakes and i think the russo brothers heard that and they made a movie that had true consequences true stakes uh and will completely change the mcu forever mm. so nice stakes. so we're going with just to quickly recap here, we're going with... Spectacular? And stakes. So we're unpacking this movie, one word, with words that start with S's? Yes. Is that's, that what's, what's that's, happening? That is so you're going to say shit. I was actually going to go with the word, um, mine is joyful. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That is the most positive thing you've ever said. It is. I'm trying this <laughs> new thing now that the phase three of the MCU is you know, pretty much coming to a quick close. One more movie. One more movie, and then it comes to a close, though. I figured I'd try something different. Like I figured, you know... Why not be somewhat positive? So I'm going to give that a whirl. And I went with Joyful because it is a joyful film in the end. You know, spoiler, things for the most part, you know, work out. There are a couple of things that in terms of characters and places and things that just stay kind of removed. But for the for the most part, you know, most of the, you know, 50% of the universe comes back and everyone's, you know, woohoo, joyful again. Mm-hmm. And even watching the movie, I was definitely kind of a, while I was watching the film, I, I thought, oh, you know, it's it's three hours. Um, I have other things I'd rather do, like build some armor, go fishing, walk on the beach. 
and I thought it was going to be bored at, at certain times, but the pacing of the film was just very, very well done. It did. There was not a moment to me where I was like, okay, come on. Yeah. Okay. We get it. Ha, boo-hoo. It was just good, 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 uh, good pacing. I had a lot of fun watching it. I had a pretzel before, so I was very, very happy. A lot of carbohydrates giving me all the energy that I needed. So, yeah. that's beautiful. Wait, you Joyful. had a pretzel? Yeah, I had a pretzel right before. Well, I gave you a piece. You were sitting like right next to me, and I gave you a piece of my pretzel. I don't remember that. Food is I a very totally important part gave of you. <laughs> I totally gave you a piece of the pretzel. So, and you know what? I think you did. I'm not gonna. I'm I not also gonna, had a tin of popcorn. A tin of popcorn. Wow. A tin. A tin, man. We're very islandy uh, on this uh, podcast. We, I guess. I guess so. Yes, like uh, you know, islands and things. Anyway, Avengers Endgame is a movie about Avengers and their Endgame. Mm. Or was it their Endgame? Or was it? Yes, it was. It it uh, it was. I don't know where I'm going with this. Yes, <laughs> you're not the host, so please stop. Well, I didn't know what to say. I was so lost. <laughs> anyway, so there was a lot of things that happened in this movie. As we all know, you know, big over picture, whatever the term is. Last movie, this purple, weird, dickhead-looking thing. Oh, from <laughs> McDonald's, the purple guy. Came in, snapped his fingers, and then decided half the universe was gone. We jump back into this film. Uh, a couple months after those events, they figure out where he's at. And they go in there beat his ass up, realize that he destroyed the things, and then Th- Thor cuts his freaking head off. Let's, I, I, let's start from that point where the movie picks up to the part where Thor is like, booyah, head mm-hmm. gone, right? Did that take you all by surprise? Like, what were you all, like, what was, oh, yeah. what was your thinking, like, going into this? Did you think that was going to happen? No. No, no, absolutely not. I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought what happened in the first, what, 20, 25 minutes was basically supposed to what was going to happen throughout for the whole movie. I thought that was going to be the that was the movie I was expecting. Like they they come together, that you know, uh, Captain Marvel arrives. They put a plan together. They go defeat Thanos, and then you know, put their world back together. Right. So that first twenty five minutes is what I thought the entire movie was going to be about. Uh, it, going back even before that, the opening scene with Hawkeye and his family. And when he's like, they're happy and they're joyous, and all of a sudden they all start to turn to dust. My mind immediately went to, damn, they went there. They 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 went right into the nitty gritty, showing things on the ground level of what we witnessed. Because Infinity Wars, we just saw the superheroes disappear. This movie, the very beginning, we get to see, you know, a guy who's sort of out of the superhero game and his regular family, uh, just experience that, which to me was extremely powerful. So, the first twenty five minutes, and as soon as they chopped off Thanos' head, I was like. What? And then the next thing is five years later. I was like, well, okay, I am I am not ready for this. I'm not expecting this at all. They yeah. took their sweet ass time putting that graphic up, though. They did. It was. What like do a, you mean? It was like it, a it, it, was like, it was like five. It was like real. It was like yeah. a thirty second like dissolve. It, it was, was not like, thirty seconds. Yeah, years. it was. The whole thing was like ten seconds. It was a long. Later. It was a long time. Either way, but that was. I think <laughs> it doesn't that was, matter. Uh, that no, was, it, was, it was an impact. Yeah, that was no, to put emphasis on the fact that like in the MCU they've never they've never done this right. Like if we look at the whole thing, sure the good guys win. But so much has changed and happened. The world has gone half the universe has aged five years. Half of it hasn't. Mm. Um, we've also discovered time travel, multiverse. Like everything is completely upside down wonkers right now, which I think is brilliant. It's perfect because yeah. let's be honest. We have said this on this podcast and on other podcasts many times. Superhero fatigue. 
I think for the first time, I think ever, Jesus, I'm actually excited to see what happens next. I'm uh-huh. actually interested again. Now, that being said, if they immediately go back to, oh, here's a new bunch of heroes and here's an origin story and here's some forgettable bad guy, then yeah, I'm going to be a little bit pissy. But I have a glimmer of hope again. I have hope. And hope is a big thing for you. It is. Because, because you don't often have it. Uh, almost never. <laughs> actually. Yes. Rogue I, One. I, oh, fuck. <laughs> Rogue One. What a great... Oh, God. Oh, terrible, man. terrible, terrible movie. What, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into it. What would happen if Rogue One was personified and it met The Last Jedi? And you were stuck in a room with those two individuals? I'd be half happy. I feel like that's you <laughs> and, and, and Krishna. What? I feel like Krishna is all about like Rogue One and no, you no, no. are the all Last Jedi. the last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. actually I, Wait, re- okay, I rewatched, so, yeah. I rewatched Rogue One by the way. Uh, and it's a lot better the second time. A lot better. I still have only seen it in its entirety once. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. We're talking Avengers Endgame. Stick around. We have two special guests that give us their amazing hot takes on Avengers Endgame. While we're kind of going through discussing things, what, Let's, I, I, we're kind of jumping around all over the place. We have this section. Just like the movie. We have this section in the outline. You know, it's called What Happened. That's what we're kind of discussing. But we also have this other section, our favorite parts and our least favorite parts. Mm. I'd like to start with your favorite parts. Cool. Mm. Uh, Ar- Arjun, I was going to let Arjuna because he's the youngest. Fine. God. Respect. Fine. Our mother says, oh, you know, he's the youngest. He's the baby. You, you have to do so you, beat you, him mom's, up. you have to do mom's uh this is mom's accent. This is a, a jip very jip this, jip is, this is a very <laughs> accurate yep, yep. this is a very accurate uh accent of our mother. You got to you know uh you know let your <laughs> your elders do the thing. That's that's how our mom talks. Wow, I really hope she hears this. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> uh so I think oh, that's a tough one. I think my favorite part of the entire movie my favorite I'm not going to go with an individual part because I think there's too many parts. But my favorite aspect of the movie was actually, and I'm going to go a little outside the box here maybe, was the character of Nebula. I mm. thought that Karen Gillan, who uh, for Doctor Who fans out there know as uh, Amy Pond from Doctor Who uh, with the 11th Doctor, I thought what she brought as Nebula and what they did with the Nebula character was amazing i thought it was incredible to take this character who the very first time you saw them was super one-dimensional right it was just this android who was a secondary third third villain in guardians of the galaxy who's come all this way and evolved into this very layered and deep character and who is so intricate into the plot because let's be honest very easily they could have just made her a background character but they didn't they veered completely into her and into an actress who is not as famous as her co-stars right uh into a character who is not as well known as the other characters and they really embraced who she was in the mythology and who she had become within these movies so i think my favorite part was just seeing how her character worked in the movie and if you had told me that before i would have been skeptical of how that would have worked but they did i thought they did that really well and i thought it was uh, it was my favorite part of the movie. And it kind of shows to me that even in this big epic movie, you can have really good character moments. So not what about the part where she shoots herself? Yeah, I mean, that part was crazy. I mean, that's insane. That's like that, mentally that insane. I mean, and she, and Because she, I, I actually got the privilege of uh, seeing the movie again last night. 
or yesterday afternoon, I should say. And the part where she shoots herself was she acted that so well because, you know, first of all, she did it to protect Gamora. Uh, she, I think, uh, the you know bad robot was about to or bad Nebula, <laughs> bad Nebula was about to shoot Gamora and new nebula or present day nebula didn't even hesitate she just she like set her jaw she pulls the trigger and she like there's almost like she's like a little creeped out by it a little bit you can see like a little bit of like oh god like killing myself but there's like total resolve in her eyes it was like really well done i liked it for me uh, i'm gonna have i have two different two I, different things. i didn't say it was your turn but it is okay, oh, okay. i think it's no no, right. no no go ahead go ahead <laughs> yeah. go ahead, um, <laughs> go ahead. Two, wow. two, two, two parts. Wow. My favorite, absolute favorite part of the movie is when Professor Hulk basically gives uh, Paul Rudd or Ant Man uh, his taco, and then he gets in the jet thing um, with Rocket, and then it cuts to uh, him and Rocket in the back of a truck uh, going down to New Asgard, and then that whole scene with Professor Hulk and Thor, Fat Thor, the first time we see Fat Thor. And Professor Hulk and him trying to be like, listen, we got to go. And Professor and Thor is like, uh, he's playing video games. He's drinking beer. Um, you know, they're playing Fortnite. <laughs> and some guy is like, you know, uh, like trolling uh, his friend, you know, Thor's friend on the, on the internet or whatever. Like, Korg. Korg, yeah. yeah. Trolling Korg. And, you know, and, and Thor has a great line. He's like, I'm going to rip your arms off and stick them up your butt. <laughs> like, he didn't even say ass. He says butt. But. And like that, that to me was, that was such an incredible scene. It was hilarious. But at the same time, you can see Thor is struggling just a, just a wee bit. Uh, and, and uh, to be honest, though, Professor Hulk was actually my favorite character in the whole thing. Thor was a close second, but Professor Hulk was hilarious. Like, and I thought Mark Ruffalo did an excellent job bringing the bronze and the brains together in this pseudo new character. Uh, just a quick side note, actually, about Fat uh, Thor. If Which you, is his official character name. If you look at any of the promotional material, trailers, teasers, they never, ever show you uh, either Thor's not in the trailer at all or it's a older it's like, image Wars. clip or whatever of Thor. Um, and I'll, another thing that I really enjoyed with Fat Thor is there was a moment, I thought, when he got his original hammer back, uh, Millionaire, Millionaire, from time travel in 2013 roughly for the dark world during the dark world he has he went and took his hammer or whatever and i did think for a minute especially during the big battle with um thanos, thanos at the end i thought that they were going to have him like do his whole lightning thing and then like slim up and mm. thankfully they didn't yeah they left him as is and i thought that was kind of an interesting and nice touch not because like you know, the gods and everything are supposed to be always chisel or whatever, but it's because, like, this is a character that is clearly struggling with a lot. Mm -hmm. And why, just because you're worthy, do you have to be skinny and chiseled or whatever, right? You right. can still be worthy and Jacked. tubby and yep. an alcoholic. <laughs> and, and I think what works, too, is, like, again, it stakes that he remains fat Thor, quote-unquote, and he remains still damaged at the end of the movie, right? He yeah. actually he goes off with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, he, you know, he he his journey is is his journey his journey propels him to leave Earth, right? Uh, and so they didn't just make him back to like Thor, the king of the Asgardians, who is unstoppable. He is a truly changed character and is on a different path from where he was at the very end of Thor Ragnarok, mm -hmm. um, for example. So 
I, I thought I think that's really cool. And uh, I'm gonna give my favorite part, but I, then afterwards we want to touch on the original Avengers and where everybody's sure, at. Yeah. My favorite part, actually, and this is gonna sound super messed up. My favorite part was actually Black Widow and Hawkeye when they go see our homie boy Red Face G, Red Skull, fake Red Skull, to get the um, Soul Stone. Because and the reason I liked it is because they both knew what needed to be done. They both were stubborn, and they did it in such a way. You know, most traditional films in Hollywood, they would kill the male character off, right? So, for spoiler alert, one of them had to die in order to get the Soul Stone. And instead of making it, like, cut and dry, and even at the end of it being cut and dry, they still showcase a character that, to me, that was insanely surprising. I didn't expect it to be Black Widow. I thought it was going to be Hawkeye because Mm -hmm. of how damaged he was. And let's be honest, he's going around murdering everybody and their family. And, And at the end of everything... The people that Hawkeye went and just brutally massacred, they're still dead. Mm-hmm. They're not coming back. He is still broken and twisted, mm-hmm. and God only knows what he did, and I can't wait for the you Disney know, Plus, Disney Plus so. version Those, of Ronin the Massacre. That's the, that's the show I want to see, honestly. Wait, there's really going to be a show called what? No, uh, no, we're making this. This there, is our, oh, our there, wishes. Oh, my God. There is a rumor, though, that there will be a Hawkeye streaming show on right. the Disney Plus app and I think it would be great you could you could do two things you could literally have a show that takes place between these 5 years that shows him as Ronin and on this revenge mission or is you that, could, is that an actual character? Ronin? Yeah, Ronin but, Ronin is an alter ego he takes up which is this you know who he becomes a Ronin he kills, Oh, I didn't even know that. He he goes dark and he kills he kills bad guys that he thinks deserves it. Yeah, he uh, goes outside the law. Right. And yeah. so you could do that or you could do him you know, post Endgame now, like struggling to move on and live and continue on because what Endgame does a a great job of is, you know, there are these, you know, and that's why my word mistakes, like there are all of these huge consequences, but every character is not left in a, in a, in a hunky dory, perfect world. Like let's go with professor Hulk, for example. Right? Oh yeah. He is no longer just Hulk and Bruce Banner. He is professor Hulk. He's just merged personality forever. Oh, and by the way, he lost his arm, mm-hmm. you know, when he actually took the gauntlet. Not only that, he lost the woman that he did have feelings for. He lost the woman he loved. He lost his best friend in Tony Stark. Uh, he also lost Captain America in, you know, to time. He And also Thor, by the way, is off planet. Hawkeye is retired. He's the only original Avenger left. And I guess we can transition to your yeah, so, uh, yeah. original yeah, Avenger so, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Pr- uh, Hulk is now Professor Hulk, like Arjuna said. Hawkeye, he's got his family back, but he's definitely probably mentally broken. Those poor kids. Dear God, this <laughs> yeah. feels think like about a, that. This feels like something the NFL. Oh, inappropriate. Well, think about it, right. Five years on a murder rampage, and all of a sudden, oh, I've got to raise my kids again. Yeah, he's wah, aged wah, five wah. years. They haven't. Yep, and um, he's very different. And he's very. Different. He is very different. Uh, so we have that. We've got um, Captain America, as we all know. He we do some time travel in this film, and he decides to just say peace out and doesn't come back. Um, we've got Black Widow is dead. Dead. We've got Tony Stark dead. Dead. Um, what did we think about that? So that is well, the, is, oh, that, is that everybody? Thor is off world. Thor is the fat off world and trying to figure out what to do next. And Gamora is this one's less important, but um, Star Lord and Gamora. Gamora doesn't. Well, that's know gu- that's Guardians. 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 So we yeah. don't care. About We're that. talking about the original. Avengers. Oh, you you're just talking about OG. OG. OG yeah. Not Avengers. New, not new Avengers. Yeah. And I then mean, the real and the person that put them all together. 
uh, Samuel motherfucking Jackson. He's still around. Nick he's Fury. still, still, he's still doing his own thing. He is probably the best character because you know what? The whole freaking world could end and he'll still be like, we got to go do a mission. Do you guys think he was in the final battle? Like just like out there like shooting his gun like, yippee ki motherfucker. No, they would have showed him. Yeah, they were showing if him. If he wasn't there, he wasn't there. Yeah. I don't know. Howard, it the, wasn't, du- it Howard wasn't the Duck was there. St- no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. When? He is. If you actually, there's a frame. They say specifically you see Howard the Duck come out and fight in the final battle. So there's a lot of Easter eggs. Um, the two screenwriters, McFeely and Marcus, have revealed that there are tons of Easter eggs that people still haven't found. Wow. They littered like that final battle with a ton. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they CGI'd Nick Fury in there, like just battling in the background. I mean, the battle wasn't long enough to ISO every single yeah, not at all person that yeah. w- that could have potentially shown up in that final battle. So I bet there's there's got to be some there's some fun Easter eggs in there, like maybe uh, Sif um, from Thor the Thor franchise is like in that battle too with the Asgardians. Like who knows? Mm. Um, but cool, yeah. That's all I have to say about the entire movie. Wow, that's uh, really, that was <laughs> so. Okay. Ravi was not joking. <laughs> uh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so that's the original Avengers right. and their status. So I, I, I th- the big one, the big thing that happened with the original Avengers is the death of Tony Stark. Was that really that big? I mean, he's a character. Who cares? He is the. F- I mean, he's he's the founder of the MCU. He he led off this thing. His movie iconically ends with "I am Iron Man," yeah. and his tenure as Iron Man ends, you know, beautifully with "I am Iron Man." Yeah. Uh, which also fun, fun, fun side story: the original cut of the movie didn't have Iron Man saying anything after. Oh, that's right. After Thanos says "I am inevitable," he just uh, Tony just ha- has the gauntlet and clicks it. And while they were editing, they were like, the, they're like the editor of the actual movie said, "Like we need something here. Like, why don't we just have him say?" I am Iron Man. Like, bring it full circle. Because, like, Tony's a witty guy. He always has an answer. Yeah. Uh, to and everyone. he knows that this is the end. Right. Yeah. He, he knows that he snaps his fingers and that's that. Right. He knows it's going to kill him. He he even has a look with Doctor Strange right before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Doctor Strange holds up the one because this is the one possibility. Yep. And Strange even says a few minutes before, uh, he's like, well, you know, if you knew this was it, why didn't you tell anyone? Because, like, well, then it wouldn't happen. Right. Because, you know, if he told, if he told, hey, Tony, the only <laughs> the only scenario where we win is if you die. Yep. Uh, it w- wouldn't happen. Like you, even if you'd say you'd still sacrifice yourself, it'd still be in the back of your mind. Uh, so he knew he knows it's gonna happen, and it is a beautiful moment. But uh, yeah, it was. It came out in the editing bay, and actually to call up Robert Downey Jr. and they actually had to convince him to do it. He wasn't so sure because they had to basically put him in front of a green screen, have him you know suit up, and then do the line. And he's like, I'm not so sure like if I want to get back in that headspace yet. And a longtime producer actually that was on the original Iron Man convinced him to do it. And the studio in LA that they shot it at was the same studio, same soundstage that he did his screen test for the original Iron Man movie. Oh, that's creepy. Just like that's super creepy. It's <laughs> not cre- creepy. Creepy in a good it's way. It's creepy, but it's cool. It's, yeah. it's very it's very full circle, you know. And mm. it, and uh, let's be honest, like not to get too personal, but Robert Downey Jr before iron man was his career was at an all-time low right he, yeah he really he was a struggling actor that no studios would take um a chance on because his insurance premium was so high 
Yeah. Uh, in fact, I believe on the first Iron Man, he wasn't even the highest paid actor. Terrence yeah. Howard, as the original Rhodey, was the highest paid actor. Mm-hmm. Isn't uh, that real quick? Isn't that mental to think? That's crazy. And then That's when Iron Man crazy. two came out, uh, Terrence was like, "I want more money." And they're like, "Yeah, cool, no thanks." Well, I, I don't think it's that him. he wanted more money. He wanted the same amount of money, right? Which right. is n- n- normal, normal for any person sure. who works. Like you're not, they, but they gave him a pay cut and raised Downey's money mm. and then he's like well pay me the same amount and they're like no nope. so then he's like bye and then <laughs> terrence howard went on to do a great uh fox series called empire, empire. it's popular <laughs> i mean yeah good for you buddy <laughs> whatever uh so and i mean but don don cheadle i think it's a great roadie don cheadle oh, is a better roadie than terrence howard Agreed. was like they're the big thing with like um don or um Rhodey and Iron Man. Like, we watched the 90s Iron Man. Sure. We've read some comics. We've seen other anime interpretations. They're buddy-buddy, right? I never yeah. really got that in the Iron Man Iron Man 1. I got that in Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, you know, especially, obviously, in, like, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, you get that more Endgame. with those two. Endgame, Endgame too. too, yeah. Yeah, when Tony comes back to her for the first time. Um, but moving right along, you know, obviously, Mr. Robert Downey Jr., the once, you know, coke addict, uh, now everyone's uh, amazing Iron Man, and, and you know, that's that's going to be his role for the rest of his life. Yep. Yeah. He, I doubt he'll be able to do another film, and this will ever, this will always come up for the rest of his life. Which, uh, I think he's always Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what? how do we, f- like, there are rumors going around that he should be nominated for an Oscar. Um, how do we feel about that Krishna. So he had an amazing performance. Uh, I would say his best performance as Tony Stark as Iron Man. It was heartfelt. Uh, you know, I, you know, probably almost teared up at the end um, during his death and subsequent f- funeral. I teared up. Yeah, a lot of people did. A lot of people did. Uh, that being said, I did not. Uh, well, you, you, you and you and I, you and I, because uh, I didn't. Uh, that being said, no. No, he shouldn't get an, an Oscar for this. For, for a couple reasons. One, there's too many uh, performances in this movie where you can just isolate one and be like, that person deserves an Oscar. Yeah. To me, an Oscar winner has to carry an entire movie. He didn't carry the entire movie. Uh, there's there's a litany of excellent performances in this movie. You know, Oscars for Best Actor, Best Actress, you know, uh, so on and so forth. Oh, 100%. there, there it is, there it is. Um, Whatever needs, it takes. Yeah, it needs to go to a central character, right? That the movie is built around. Sure. And you know, this movie wasn't built around just Iron Man. So let me ask you this then. So we live in an age now where actors play these characters and they bump into other movies, right? Sure. Robert Downey Jr. played this character, Iron Man. He's played it for ten years, right? Eleven. Eleven years. Ten plus years, right? So he's been this character. He's been popping in and out. Do you think we are getting to a point now where a new category needs to be created? Yes. Because how would you, I, I how, think, would you judge, how would you uh, award it? I don't know. I, I'm not going to make the awards up. Let no. the old cronies at the Academy <laughs> figure it out. Wait, I'm just putting the suggestion out there. I mean, if they're going to do favorite film of the year, mm-hmm. yes. I think there should be a new category because the argument a lot of people have made for Downey being Tony Stark, yes, his performance in Endgame was incredible, but... It has been incredible throughout the run, right? In terms of mm-hmm. what he's brought to this character and the cultural impact on this character, he has changed the character of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. not just in the movies but in the comics forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like his face 
will always be Tony Stark's. Yeah. Movie. You know what the I mean? The problem is that's so, an award that has to come out every year. And true, uh, there's right. not, there's not, there's not, you know, why does it have to come out every year? Well then, that, but then it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be an award for the Oscars. So then we're talking about something like a hall of fame or a legacy award. That shouldn't be an Oscars. is a Sure. So thing. then they should, but yeah, the Oscars are yearly, but it's the biggest thing in Hollywood, right? It's where sure. you, Hollywood, uh, um, well, someone argue the golden globe. <laughs> it's where Hollywood basically pats Hollywood on the back. Right. <laughs> sure. It's right. the greatest thing ever. It's like a, a never mind. I'm going to say that. Say it. No. So I think, yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be an award that comes out every year, but I think it's like an, a, le- a legacy type thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I do truly believe on something. Like, he shouldn't get, you know, Robert Downey Jr., best actor for Endgame. Because, honestly, I feel like that's too small. That's tiny. Damn. Right? Because that's one movie. But he's played this character for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting thing, like, especially with comic book movies, sci-fi movies like Star Wars and, and whatever... These guys and gals, they play these characters, and then they do these insane events. They do these press tours, these charity events, right? Robert Downey Jr. has gone to countless hospitals, dressed as Giant Man, done a bunch of things. He's inspired an entire generation of people to like kind of rise up and like be this thing. He's changed culture. Yes, you you can. So you, I, it should be called the Culture Award. Cultural. It should be a award. lifetime sure. cultural achievement award or something like that because. You can make a strong argument that without Robert Downey Jr., there is no MCU. There is no that we don't get all twenty-two of these movies in this final result of Endgame. You know what I mean? Sure. Without without Robert Downey Jr., you know, do they have the courage to cast Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth as Captain America and Thor and put them all together in an ensemble movie I, and continue I, going forward and forward and forward? I'm going to push that. back a little bit in this because sure. I hear what you're saying, no, but not it. every great thing in the world needs an award. Yes, it does because no, it if doesn't. we can't, if it really we can't, doesn't. No, hold there's on. already too many awards. The Oscars is already pointless, in my opinion. Nope, it's already a self-serving. You weren't going to say it earlier, circle jerk, uh, for Hollywood. Right? Damn, he said we it. We don't need. We don't need. He doesn't need this award. He doesn't. In fact, it's going to be more powerful if he doesn't get the award. His legacy speaks for itself. The movie is already is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. The MCU is already probably the greatest movie franchise of all time, and it's still going. And he is reason number one. You don't need a, a, an award to, to... He's already made all this money. He's made all these producers and executives all this money. You don't need to hand out an award now you know, to go on top of that. That's I, just my two cents. I think you do, and the reason you do is because then it will cause other people to try and do something better or... Or rise up and kind of try and get that same award, right? We, if the money doesn't convince people, you, or the people, legacy doesn't. People are very, very money. stupid, right? They need they need competition in order to su- succeed, right? The military, the arms race, and all that stuff. We needed bigger weapons than the other guy because you know, bigger is better. Sure. It's the same idea. Like people, like specifically within. Like if we didn't have an Academy Award, I don't think Hollywood and movies would be where they are. Visually, acting, the emotions, the writing, the difference in, in terms of storytelling. Because you want to one-up your fellow man. Mm-hmm. So I still think you do need some kind of something like this. Because it would inspire, like, I'm not saying, you know, this is an actual thing. Like, Chris Evans would be like, oh, well, if he got it, I want to get that. So I need to go do X, Y, and Z in order to culturally change the world for the better. Like, I think it's good. It's, it's why we have Nobel Peace Prizes. 
Like, if we didn't have Nobel Peace Prize, why would Mr. or Mrs. Scientist over there try and figure out something that better? That's to, not the only reason that somebody does something. They do it for the love of that craft. That's no, I, I, I do this. It's, pod- not to, it's not to win a freaking award. I, I do mean, this, a lot of people do it for money. I do this podcast to and win. Which is the great, the great competition. The podcast award. That's the great, great competition equalizer, right? Sure. Uh, Forget the competition. You do it because you want to make a buck, right? But you also do it because for most of these people who ever amount to anything, they do it for more than that. They do it for the love of that craft. They do it for you don't glory. Need, and if, you, if you're doing it for an award, you're not in the right business. Right. Go join the NFL. Wait a <laughs> still, second. Still go get a Pro Bowl nod. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah, dumb that, animals. That's not how any of this works. Oh. Well, that's awkward. Should we pivot to the other major part of the MCU? Which part Which is that? Part? Cap? Captain? Oh, I mean, you, that, you, that's you can't mention pillar. you can't mention the MCU without mentioning <laughs> Tony, Star, who, who? Tony Stark's other half. Who are you? Who are you talking about, Sonny old old pal? His other half. Who? Captain Cap- America. Captain. So I think uh, the biggest thing, uh, you know, what happened? So <laughs> Cap fought himself. Cap has to put all the uh, stones back in time. Checked out his ass before. Checked his own ass out a bunch of times. Cap has to go back in time, put the stones back where he found them, and. He goes and he does that with yes. Thor's hammer and his new shield. And we have this weird line where he says to Buck, you know, I'll be gone. I'll be back. And Buck says, you know, the Winter Soldier says, oh, I'm going to miss you as if he knows something. I'm going to miss you, buddy. And then Professor Hulk is not able to bring back Cap. Mm-hmm. We see an old man sitting on a bench. Falcon goes over. Cap says something along the lines of, how does it feel? Because he passes him a shield. He says it feels like it's someone else's. And then it's the end of that scene. Well, Captain America says, this is a pivotal line. It's not. Mm. Right. Sorry. Wait, what does he say? He, he says, says it's, it's not, not. In, ref- in reference to, to the, the shield. shield. That it's not someone else's. So yeah. there's, a, there's a big point of contention about this movie, right? The or Time spe- travel. Spe- specifically about this time travel and Captain America showing up at the end. <clears throat> According to the rule, <laughs> the time travel rules established in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. If you go back in time... And you change something, you create a tangent. Yeah, you're you're in your own. You're in your own line. You can't yeah. you you can you can't really alter the timeline. You can't go and, back to and, that original. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, what that means is, if Captain America went back in time, and stayed with Peggy, which is what they they show that right after that scene that he was dancing with Peggy. Um, and you, you see him with the wedding ring. He's a little cagey about saying like what happened or whatever, but you know, we all know what happened. He, <laughs> he lived with Peggy and they lived happily ever after. That means that Captain America lived 70 years on a tangent timeline. Yeah. And then somehow he's in returned one. to the primary timeline again. Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean like he lived in a world where he foiled Hydra and, <laughs> You know, became the president of the United like, States. Like you know, foiled Thanos and the whole Infinity Stone uh, plot before that. Became best friends with Tony Stark. You know, led the Avengers for decades before it happened in this timeline. And then retired. No one knows. There's, there's literally seventy years of adventures that we have no idea about. Yeah. And then also the other big question is. How did he return to the main timeline? Yeah. The Russo brothers have, because it it's been bought up yes. times, They've, and they have said, yeah, we know. And yes, there's a reason. So obviously that, you know, we're going to find out what happened, you know. Uh, so, because we were all a little bit confused by that. Like, sure. I think right after the movie, that was the only thing we had a question about, literally, was how the hell 
did he appear? So I think I personally think it's going to it's we'll find that out in the, the that that Disney show Falcon I, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I don't think we will because well, I, I think they might reference it a little bit, but I don't think it's ever going to be explicitly uh, informed. Uh, and I think. Well, do we know anything about the show? Like when it takes place? No. What, so we don't know if it's like. Don't know if it's a sequel. Don't know if it's a prequel. Don't know if it's an in-between quill. Don't know if it's a tangent timeline. Hmm. Whatever. The other thing is the Russo brothers have confirmed that Chris Evans has retired as Captain America. Right. Which means he. he and if he's retired, he will not be reprising this role. That doesn't. I mean, let's look at the NFL and like Mar- Martell's Bennett. Uh, no, look, uh, look Rob at the mo- You gotta look at the most famous example of all in the NFL, Brett Favre. Favre. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. So, so that means absolutely nothing. You don't think so? And the movie is a little bit harder. Than no, NFL. not at all. It's just a contract. The only right. rumor that's I've, all it is. The only rumor I've heard with Chris Evans is that Disney is enticing him with money. trying to. Well, obviously money. But trying for him to do a Captain America Disney Plus streaming show and letting him direct because he's very interested in directing. He has done some directing. So they're trying to entice him by saying, hey, you could be Captain America and you direct it. I kind of like it. I, I would be curious to see that. I, if he, I, can, if he can star and direct. I mean, he, I mean he's been doing a lot of... Um, He's been doing a lot of stage plays and stuff. Yes, uh, he started doing a whole bunch, or he was doing one during uh, Infinity War, actually. So he wasn't actually doing a lot of the press junkets because he was doing the the play as well. So he, the Chris Evans, is an interesting actor because he's not traditional Hollywood in the sense of he scored his big blockbuster. He can get any big blockbuster right. he, he wants, but he chooses to go back to stage type performances and work on his craft. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah, honestly. He, he scored his brick blockbuster in Fantastic Four. It's, it's. I don't know if you guys have watched any clips of like him as a uh, the fire. Was it torch? Human torch. Yeah. Human torch in the, the older Fantastic Four, but it is god awful compared to that on. to like what he is now. It's just it's, <laughs> it's 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 insane. It's insane. Yeah. His best role by far is still Captain America, starting with Winter Soldier, and then his next best role I would say was from the Train movie. Uh, Snowpiercer, Snow really? I no, loved him. What in about, Snow what about Sunshine? Was, Sunshine, he was better. Snow, Sunshine was too. He was too military, and it was that. Yeah, was, and he played it great. That was too close to like the Chris Evans during the Fantastic Four, where I'm just like, eh, you know. He was great in uh, in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, he was in that. Huh? He. Oh, was that's right. The, he was. Yeah. He also played a, a character with um, abilities mm. in that movie as well. So the other implication from this is that, and there's been controversy here, is that Falcon is the new Captain America. Mm. And so a bit of controversy is a lot of people feel like Bucky should be the new Captain America as he is generally in the comics the second Captain America, mm-hmm. and then Falcon is the third Captain America. How do we feel that they reversed it um, and went straight to Bu- straight to Falcon? It's clear because Bucky does tell Falcon, go over and see what that is, mm-hmm. that Bucky knows this is all going down. He says goodbye. He knows Cap is going to reappear and probably give him the shield at this point. Mm-hmm. So from a character standpoint, there is no conflict. Conflict obviously comes from the fans. Yeah, um, as usual. So how do we? How do you guys feel about it? Does, is Falcon the logical choice? Should it have been Bucky? Should it be no one? I think, it, I think Falcon makes sense because let's be honest. Yeah, Bucky is a good guy, but he's done a lot of terrible things as well. Sure, he was under mind control or whatever, but you're going to give... 
the shield, the symbol, right, of America, I guess, that's what it's implied, to a guy who's committed horrible crimes and killed people and and whatnot. He has a very complicated, bloody history. And so forth. And so forth. I so, see no issues with this. Uh, so I think, I think Falcon is the better choice from that regard. So yes. In, in that role, you, Ravi? It's hard, honestly, because on one hand, I want to say yes. On the other hand, are they doing it because they know it's going to cause controversy? Sure. But then I take a step back and I look and listen to what, you know, Bali Christian just said. And, yeah, it makes sense. Bucky, for the most part, is a broken character. And he, that and is not a good symbol. Right. Like, like, if we want to get real political here, if those two ding-dongs were running for president, we, we would pick Falcon over Bucky because he's a murdering nut job. Well, well, you would hope so, but then you some know, parts the 2016 of, election. Some happened. parts of the country would, you know, <laughs> probably disagree. And somehow we turned this nerd podcast political. It's inevitable, man. Politico was it good? Was it political? Was it political? <laughs> was it political enough? Yeah, God. Uh, what other characters? Um, what did you guys think of the little cameo from uh, the little kid at the uh, from Iron Man three? Uh, in the funeral scene. I mean, I didn't realize that was him until you told me. Yeah, it was cute after you told me. I was like, yeah, that's nice. A lot of people missed that. A lot of people were actually confused by it. And yeah. I, that was the number one question I got at work on the Monday. Everyone's like, do you know who that fucking kid was? I'm like, it was a kid from Iron Man 3. And they're like, oh. People don't know how to use Google, huh? I guess Cle- not. Clearly not. <laughs> clearly <laughs> people it, don't. Isn't that what you found out? <laughs> no, I knew from watching the Same movie. Same here. Well, no, no I sure knew too, did. but I also read somewhere that it was confirmed that the character would be making an appearance in Endgame. So I kind of figured... Actually, maybe that's how I kind of knew it was going to go down that way. Oh, so you ruined the movie for yourself. Per normal. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Can't read anything. I mean, actually, to be to be fair, and let, let's talk about, like, this film's been interesting, and all the MCU films have been interesting in the last couple of years where it's like, no spoilers, no spoilers, spoiler embargo, we'll murder you and your family if you say anything. And then spoilers um, happen. And then spoilers still happen. Like the day, uh, the day before the movie actually officially dropped, there were early spoilers coming out, and there was some news outlet. I'm not going to name them. Um, IGN. There's a news outlet <laughs> that came out and it had a, an idiotic title, which was like "Time Travel Proves to Be Kind of Chaotic." And it's like, are you serious? You just blew a huge freaking. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't see that. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that, that the sucks. day before, and I was like, and I didn't. I wasn't doing it because I wanted to see it. I go to that website and yeah. whatever idiot editor was like, yeah, that makes sense. Put it out there. I'm going to be honest, though. Disney didn't do themselves favors with some of their later trailers in this movie. Uh, the trailers that came out in the last month were spoiler heavy. That At least they felt spoiler heavy to me. You knew that they were going on some type of space heist and... And or time heist, right? You knew there was you knew there well, was stuff going on. Are you talking about the scene in the trailer where you see them in suits? No, the the trailer that came out after that, I actually did not watch it because it did reveal a lot of details that were set up in the first third of the movie. And it's interesting because the Russo brothers did give an interview and said that there was a real discussion with Disney and the marketing team to do no trailers mm-hmm. for the entire movie. And Wait, did our PSA make it? I think. I mean, I want to say oh, yes. Yeah, I, forgot I, about that I thing. think it did. I think it made an impact. But I mean, in all seriousness, it did make an impact. But I, w- I wish, I wish Disney had the balls to do it. You know what I mean? I, w- I wish that 
The balls, huh? The, because this movie still would have made $3 billion. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm actually, because I've given this quite a bit of thought, actually. Um, more specifically in the last 24 hours because of the theatrical release trailer that came, the theatrical uh, schedule that came out or leaked or whatever from Disney. Sure. Mm. Let's talk about it. They can't. They can't take the risk. Yeah. For something that has been building up this big in America, maybe, but in the rest of the world, specifically in the Asian countries, you cannot not have trailers. It's not possible because you have to keep it in that consciousness. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But and, and also, that's the other thing. Our generation, you, me, and our parents, maybe you could get away with less trailers or no trailers. The younger generation, yeah, God no. Yeah, it true. needs to be in everyone's face constantly like there needs to be a consistent reminder and the trailers they help build it up then be creative because one of the one of the early trailers for this was all footage from old mcu movies and it was a good trailer sure you can you they've done fake shots before why don't you make a fake trailer of, of of stuff that's not even in this movie that's just like pure like setup shots and and stuff that you pulled out and whatever and you just made for this trailer and you can slightly trick people but you know what if your movie's good enough people aren't going to care you're still keeping it in the consciousness i just you don't need to if this movie like the russo brothers have talked about like oh the spoiler band ends on monday and this and that and everything well if that's the case then don't spoil your own movie. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. So let's say you came up with, let's say your rollout is three to four months before the actual release of the movie, and you're like, okay, we're going to do two teasers and then two main trailers, but we're going to make them all fake. The problem in this day and age is the nerds, us, will sit there, look at it, write articles, talk about it, and we could easily gear the conversation somewhere nasty. Like, I'm giving you, like, Worst case scenario, like of course. they make a fake trailer and for some crazy reason, they're like, we're, we're going to show a super star fucking destroyer for some reason. You could destroy your own marketing, right? If you can't control the conversation and the thing with fake trailers and the, the issue with this day in this day and age is you can't control what the bloggers and vloggers and people that are writing and talking about you can't control it sure so you have to do it i think somewhat logically Mm -hmm. i don't think there's a perfect balance and i don't think you can't not do anything i think it's no matter what it's one of those situations where it's case by case it's case by case and you're never gonna it's never gonna be perfect i think this was the movie to to do a trailer where it is footage from your first 21 movies i think but I think yeah, and that's, that's what that's what I was saying. Sure. Uh, so I do agree with that. Like for the younger generation, they're plugged in. They're plugged in with video games, television, movies. It's just and it's nonstop, right? They're on their phones, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, and it's just nonstop. So it, unfortunately, one trailer isn't enough. Not for this. For us, it is right because we already know we're going to go see it. But for we're wait, you're, you're trying to compete. You're trying to grab the young person's attention. You're trying to get that loyalty for the next 25 years. Yeah, you and they, they, just, they just can't take the chance. You're absolutely right. You wish that there wasn't a trailer or there wasn't they wouldn't show so much. It could just be like something cool. And they just they cannot and will not take that chance. They and the other can't. thing too, like speaking of that next generation and then also like <laughs> we use our parents as like goofy examples, but I think it it works is let's say Avengers Endgame they did trailers where it's just old footage of other movies sure i feel like that would confuse people 
Honestly, it probably uh, would. Yeah, like, it would. I think it would get to the point where it's like, wait, I'm sorry, but I've already seen this shot. I've already, this this feels familiar. I don't understand. What am I going to watch? Is it just a compilation? Like, I, that's the thing. Is like a music it, video. People are just so yes. they're just kind of like I don't know. They're fascinating, right? There are so many different dynamics. We, the three demographics, of us, demographics. Yeah. Thank you. We account for something I think very, 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 very small. Like we are not like Marvel and Disney's. Um, target audience shotgun target audience i don't think so by any means no not at all because we're we, you know we're we're different we're the intense circle very intense well, you guys are <laughs> but and so people, are you and but that's the thing though is like people that are listening to like these podcasts that go on like they want to know all this like crazy detailed pieces of information those are like the hyper focused fan base and we are part of that group and i don't think there will ever be a thing in the world where all three of us are like it was perfect from start to finish. What? Because it's boring. There'll never be something that we all agree on? No, never. Well, Justice League. This game came pretty close. This movie came pretty close. Right. I think, you know, we're getting to the, the wrap up where we, we asked the was it good question. But, you know, I don't think all aspects of the entire process was perfect. Like to our Juna's oh, yeah, point, of course. Arjuna, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're not super thrilled thrilled with the rollout of how it the was marketing towards yeah. us yeah right? I, I i was disappointed with it yeah and i was disappointed with the movie and that is why it was a bad movie you just spent justice league was better get out show yourself the door. stop trolling kidding. us I'm, not, I'm just kidding both of you i'm just kidding triple frontier, triple frontier is a great i want to get i do want to get to you know we were, we were before we got into this really good tangent uh i want to talk about the guardians of the galaxy uh we started to mention them but uh you know, their their arc is it's just really Rocket and Nebula throughout the most of the movie. Uh, the other Guardians get unsnapped, and, and Gamora doesn't get unsnapped because we know she sacrificed herself with the Soul Stone. So instead, what do they do? Gamora comes with 2014 Thanos into 2023 and <laughs> is left alive, seemingly, at the end. And she does not join the rest of the Guardians. And it appears that the Guardians are searching for her, now joined by Thor. I wouldn't say they're searching for her. Yeah. It just shows that she's missing. Well, at least, and then, and then Star-Lord is interested in he, finding yeah, her. Yeah, he's he interested. He is the one. Yeah. And, and he's the maybe leader of the Guardians. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I, I, the, look, the look that Thor get, like, gives him at the end of that whole thing, when he's like, so good. he's like, of course. And he's like, of course. <laughs> like, he like I, and he's looking like this. He's like... You can't see on the podcast, but he's got giving him like this side eye, like this mean. Well, I will say this. I will say this. If Thor is not a main character in Guardians Three, I will be. be very disappointed. And a lot of people very, will very be. disappointed. They, they, they've painted it as sure. this thing. There's no way they can get away from it without I think, well, some kind of writing. right. Right. I hope. I hope they have the agreement in place or whatever, and it can't fall through. Because if it does, like I think, I think Guardians Three will not do well because of that because you've you have painted yourself into a corner at this point you have set the expectation i think i don't think regardless of what the story is and if thor's in it or not the controversy around james gunn and disney Mm. is like all the marketing right there that they need like people are gonna be like oh what was the script or what happened like there's there's already (laughs) there's a lot of like he's he's back now though so no i get he's back but still it's like there's a lot of controversial a lot of controversy i like it it was always going to be his script, though, even if he hadn't yeah. returned. But what is interesting is, like, Nebula and Rocket have lived for five years. Uh, Drax, uh, Dra- well, as Rocket says, you know, Star-Lord, Drax, and Antenna Girl. <laughs> and Groot. And Groot, uh, and Groot. Have, been, have not lived these five years. So, 
you know, I I feel like with a lot of like the like Spider Man Far From Home and then like the sequels like Guardians Three, Doctor Strange Two, Ant Man Three, Black Panther Two, a lot of these concepts have to be visited. And so Spider Man Far From Home comes out in less than two months. I believe it comes out July second, which is a Tuesday. Really random day for a movie to come out. By the oh, way. because it's July Fourth weekend. Yes. So bank on that. So bank it's still, on still that. a weird, still a weird day, but. Uh, John Watts, the director of Far From Home, uh, they're doing their press tour right now, and he's leaned into the fact, he's like, this is a movie that deals with the consequences of Endgame. We don't just ignore that half of Peter's class, including Peter Parker himself, were snapped out of existence. Like, this movie is tr- a true epilogue to Endgame. And even in the trailer that they, they released a new trailer for Far From Home on Monday, uh, they talk in the trailer right about Robert Downey's junior death, and it is very clear and evident that that weighs on Spider-Man, that his mentor, uh, a father figure to him, Tony Stark, is gone. Uh, so I am, I'm actually endgame and now on the op- the flip side, right, of uh, you know complaining about the marketing with this new trailer for Far From Home, I'm actually very excited for the movie now because it, again, with my one word response of stakes, it really feels like there's big stakes to Far From Home from uh endgame versus like civil war should have had big stakes but i didn't feel those in homecoming Mm. right yep um well no homecoming was just goofy and weird homecoming was goofy and weird and it just didn't it felt like everything that happened in civil war like specifically with robert downey jr's you know tony stark like those that didn't see the translation for that movie yeah specifically Mm. uh we said favorite part does everyone have a does anyone does everyone have their least favorite part of the movie yes and i'd like to start yes CGI. My actually, the CGI wasn't that bad. We got to see it at the Chinese theater, so shout out to TCLL, TCL, TCL, TCL for being there for like a hundred plus years. Good for you guys. It was the IMAX mm. 3D, best 3D movie I've ever seen. Best 3D. I it was 3D. great. I Did you visually when it, you saw it on Tuesday? It was in 3D again. It wasn't 3D. And it was still, it was still very held good. up. Still very good. Trying to say it was better, but and, it was still and that's good. and that's where my problem is. This is a movie that you know countless people have gone and watched, and there was a weird jump cut. During my favorite sequence, or prior to my favorite sequence, where Black Widow and Hawkeye walk up to go see Red Skull, they're walking. The shot is them walking towards the camera, and then it's a weird cut from overhead. Then it's a secondary cut where they're off to the left side. It just fucks with your freaking mental state. With your eyes. Does it break? And eyes, and I didn't like it. Does it break the 180 rule? I believe it does break the 180 rule. Do you want to explain the 180 rule? Yeah, no. what the hell is that 180? Because so, I could do a terrible job okay, at so it. Okay, so the 180 rule is this: it's like an old cinematography rule that you should never move from one camera cut to the next more than 180 degrees. Oh, okay. So, uh, so if you do, it 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 creates a weird illusion, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm on like your front left and then I'm like directly behind you or whatever, it it can fuck with you a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. And Maybe I think that's my maybe what I think that's up. what happened, and it's kind of, it's it creates like, a weird illusion. I don't know. This movie has so much money and people paying attention to it, supposedly. Mm. I mean, but granted, like you all heard about this the silly Game of Thrones controversy say, with the Starbucks, the Starbucks cup. cup. I mean, that wasn't that bad. This jump cut just mentally messed well, with What you. is bad about that, right? Is that no one noticed it for HBO. And like they already del- they already went back and deleted it and re-uploaded the new episode to like the streaming service and have pulled the old one, but that means like this. Think about it, right? They filmed this like over a year ago. They've been editing it for months and months. 
you would think I don't know know. to be fair I've heard that the edit process between like editing the episodes and then the actual release they sometimes are doing stuff up until a couple days before which no, no, that so makes bad. sense. No, 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 really. <laughs> that's, just, make... that's how television works. And it's the industry. I mean, that happens with movies, too. Like, the original Avengers, the shawarma scene was filmed the day before the release of yeah. Avengers. It just seems to me that these things should be done a month in advance, and then you have a three-week period of quality control. Like, to me, that just makes sense. There's I don't so understand. Many, that's there's just so not many, how it works. There's so schedule many, it out. You can't schedule that out. There's so many people involved in these movies, and then there's so much second-guessing because there's so there's hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, for Endgame, right? There's hundreds of millions of dollars involved in this yeah. that people want to see it again and again and again and again and make sure every single painstaking detail is in place, right? That the font on the McDonald's third toy is matching the rest of the brand. Yeah, you know it what better. I mean? It better. So it's just it's it's a crazy process. Christian, your least favorite part. My least favorite part, uh, I really don't have too much to quibble with this movie. My least favorite part is that we during the final battle scene, we uh, I didn't I wanted just a, a real quick like line or two from every single character. Specifically, I, I was sad that I didn't get a funny Drax and Mantis moment. During the actual battle, we did get one at the very end when on the ship, um, they wanted uh, Thor and Star Lord to have a knife fight. Um, but I was really hoping for some kind of you know comedic action uh, with those two and you know a couple of others. Uh, we got we got a funny line from Wong, which was which was good. You know, just something like that quick from from Drax and and Mantis, and then a couple of the other like super minor characters. You know, it, it just felt to me like they popped out of nowhere and they're gone almost as quick. You know, I, I just wanted like a real quick thing with, with more. Even of that. like Black Panther didn't really. Yeah, but and, get even, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wish Black Panther a little bit more. No, no, no. Not too much he more. said the only thing that we care about hearing, Wakanda forever. He didn't though. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He says that. He says it in the oh, language. Shit. He's like he's like uh, it, the like the war chant. Like uh, like something from um, uh, who's his uh. The leader of the tribe, uh, the guy from us, Mbaku. Yeah, yeah. Even him, I wanted, I wanted like a funny line from him or something. Yeah. But I, 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 I but uh, that being said, I do understand it's a three-hour and two-minute movie. You know, adding that stuff would have made it that much longer. I get it. It's just something personally that I would have wanted. I think for me, my least favorite part might be, and this is it's a quibble. It, I don't think it detracts from the movie, but I think like personally, what I wanted. Um, the characters that got to say goodbye to Tony made perfect sense, right? War yeah. Machine, Pepper Potts, even Spider-Man. I would have have I w- I feel like we were cheated out of a true goodbye between Captain America and Tony Stark though. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that was that was a little surprising to me. I really thought this movie was going to lean like completely into their relationship and like the issues they had. And there were certainly some scenes they, you know, Tony has the big blow up at Cap at the pretty much after he gets back to Earth and, and really near the good. beginning, and yeah. it's it's good. They even like CGI'd him into like anorexic Tony Stark, which was a little scary. Uh, and then they have another scene where you know Tony pulls up in the car. There's a little comedic moment where he pulls up too much. He has to back up a little, and they you know they they kind of have a it's an unsaid forgiveness, right? They don't necessarily. It's not like a I apologize. I apologize too. It's it's more it's unspoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they travel together to 2012 and then back to 1970 as well. But the 1970 trip, I really thought they're actually going to be together for the trip, but they really split off and did their own things. Uh, I just feel like they're there after what happened in civil war, I thought there would be more. And especially with these characters, they, they, you know, 
you know, we talked about it earlier. Iron Man was, you know, the father of this MCU, but Captain America, you know, really became was its mother. Was, was its mother? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. They they became the co-leads, and that's why Civil War, you know, financially works, right? Because it yeah. it was this movie it wasn't just a Captain America movie. It was a Captain America versus Tony Stark movie, movie you no know, versus Iron Man movie, and it doesn't work without that lead of of Iron Man. And I just feel like. You know, it is like real life. You don't necessarily resolve everything into one big, uh, you know, fancy package. But I just think, you know, even something, even just like a look, you know what I mean? Or even just like a sad ISO of Captain America. I don't know. It just didn't feel like he. Oh, there is a, an ISO, though. On Captain America, there is. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, he's he's standing there and he's, he's crying. It's quick, but and it's then really and that and that's the thing yeah. though with Captain, I don't remember it, but, yeah. that, but that's the thing with Captain America. Like in general, like he doesn't show, he doesn't get like super super emotional like in your face about it. Like, I, like you know, he, he's a soldier. This yeah. is war. Yeah. He understands to a degree. Right. It sucks, but like he is, he is the one during the five year period that's like, let's have these therapy sessions. Let's just keep fighting. That's like that's who his character is. So. I don't think we're ever going to get like a, hey, Tony, hey, hey, Steve, what's up? I'm sad. Yeah, I, I'm I didn't necessarily too. want that. I just, I don't know. I, I felt like. You wanted a, a handshake or a hug. No, even not, hug. Even, not even that. I just, I don't know. I wanted. An arm wrestle. I wanted something. I, I mean, going into the movie, I really thought they would die together. Uh, so I, I was surprised by that. I'm glad they didn't. Um, that would have sucked. If they both die together, yeah. I thought it would have been fitting. Like, I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense. I think yeah. how they did it, where Tony, it, do, it works. Yeah, yeah it, it totally works perfectly. Works, yeah. Tony sacrificing himself, he gets to save the world, and then Steve, he's he gets his li- life. He he outlived his normal life, and he got to go back and actually experience life. Well, they completely flip from where they started from, right? Yeah. yeah. Tony was a selfish guy, and even in Avengers One, I think Captain America says, "You're not the guy to make the." Uh, to make the selfless, the tough call, the, tough call, the yeah. selfless play, and he does in that movie, and he clearly, you know, does at the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was my that was my least favorite part. And again, it's it's speaking it's super nitpicky. Yeah, speaking of, of uh, least favorite parts, I feel like our guests have some some of the same they got some hot takes, some hot takes on maybe their least favorite. So our first one comes from a good friend of the pod. Actually, they're both good friends of the podcast, so that was rude of me. How dare I? Uh, the first one comes from a... Um, we call him the fourth brother of the Ramblin' Pals. His name is Jared Quay. Jared Quay. Jared Quay. Check him out. He's you can comedian. check him out actually on The Rush, a Yahoo Sports uh, show. He's also a comedian and uh, is frequently at many of the comedy clubs here in Los Angeles if mm-hmm. you visit those. But shall I roll it? Yes, please. Roll it again. Hey, what's up, guys? Jared Quay here. Uh, was a good podcast. We're talking about Avengers Endgame, and I'm going to tell you straight up, uh, it wasn't good, all right? Let's be honest. Infinity War, amazing. Then they come to Endgame, and it's like four hours long. I don't have four hours as an adult meal. They didn't even start fighting until like hour number three. By that time, I already took a nap. And at this point, they're fighting pre-Infinity Gauntlet Thanos. I mean, Thor killed regular Thanos just too late. You think I care about pre-Infinity Gauntlet Thanos? Thanos? And then also, what, the, what is going on with this Hawkeye guy? I mean, I feel like Jeremy Renner's agent was like, we want more time in this movie. Pointless. She didn't even see his wife and kids. They're not even in the movie. They didn't cast his wife and kids, and that's all his life is about. Either way, wasn't good. So, yes, that was uh, <laughs> Jared Quay. Jared, Jared Quay, everyone. Jared with the fire. The I, rush. I do, not to, not to call out Jared, but they did have his wife and kids in there, Jared. 
Yeah. Uh, it was Linda Cardellini, uh, fa- most famous for uh, that 90s show that also had Jason Siegel and James Franco in it. Uh, oh, my God. I can't even remember the name of Nerds, it. Nerds, Freaks, and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Uh, yeah. is, is the one that oh, she's yeah. in. And actually, the actor who played her brother, John Francis Daly, wrote the script for Homecoming. So real, real quick though, like to yes. be fair, like I'm, Jared did, like Jared is a brand new father. So congrats. Yes, he is tired all the time. Yes. Thankfully, I don't know what that's like, being a father, being tired. I'm always tired. You have a son. His name is Megatron. Don't yeah. talk about my son. So, if Jared claims that, he, so Jared told me that he fell asleep a few times. <laughs> Jared. He never saw the family clearly based on the video reaction. That means. At the very start of the film, Jared was asleep. Or he was a little bit late. <laughs> or Jared was yeah. late. Or Jared was getting, late. Getting the yeah. popcorn, bathroom yeah. break. But Jared, they, they were in there. Um, and, and to counter Jared a little bit, I, I actually did enjoy what they did with Hawkeye. Uh, Being they, a murdering they, psychopath? They made a murdering psychopath, which made his character the most interesting it's ever been, to be honest. So... I don't know. Sorry, like, I, I mean, second off only I, to the uh, uh, I'm a guy shooting arrows line in Age of Ultron. Oh, incredible! <laughs> None of this makes sense. I don't think they did. Like, I don't think we needed him to be like a murdering nut job. Jeremy Renner? Yes. Why not? Because Why? It's, just, it's just too extreme. Why? It's too extreme. He lost his. First of all, he's an. He was. He was an assassin like Natasha. Sure. So he has killed people for a living in the past. So he has that skill set. Second of all, he put that all aside uh, to become a family man. And now he's going to go back to the only thing he knows because he lost everything that he has had. The end. I disagree with you. Well, I do want to go, go on to Jared's you know, hot take and his larger point. And actually, it, I think he hits on something here because Jared uh, has not seen, I believe, all 22 MCU movies. Mm. He's not a a bigger fan like us. Mm-hmm. And while Endgame is great for fans like us and it's clearly making a lot of money, it is a hard movie to follow if you haven't seen That's very almost all of these other movies. And it is long. Three hours is a long movie. There are Bollywood movies that are shorter. And Bollywood movies are long as fuck. <laughs> they are. Do you think real quick... Do you think that's why we were like prepared to sit there and be yes. okay with it? Because we, our mother growing up we've made us. Trained? We've been trained, <laughs> guys. Mom knew this was. Coming. She knew this was coming. Doctor Strange reached out to mom in 1990, whatever the not, fuck, whatever before we watched any Bollywood movies, and said, "Your children need to get ready for these. Show them Bollywood movies." And then we did, and we were ready. Damn. Thanks, Doctor well, Strange. Th- thanks, Doctor Strange. Not mom. Thanks, Doctor Strange. <laughs> A fictitious character. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely, it's a hot take, and it's definitely uh, one that I don't think the majority agree with because it is, you know, universally acclaimed. It's making a crap ton of money. But I think it, I think it's a valid point, and I think it's a point that this is where Marvel took a risk. They released a three-hour movie, and uh, it's going to be the highest-grossing movie of all time. Right. So that that is interesting to me. What about his, uh, his one other take where Infinity Wars is better? It was great. It was a great movie, but I have to. I ha- I've heard. Sorry. I've heard. I've heard this also from another friend of the podcast, Josh Barnes. Yeah, uh, has also said that Infinity Wars. Wait, wait, was wait. Better. Josh and Jared are like best friends. Coincidence? Wow. Not true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just saying things, to say things <laughs> at this point. So, but thanks for believing me. Uh, I guess. Oh. Uh, I, I can see why. I think. Again, if you are not invested in all of these movies, right, and the full story of the MCU, 
there is a lot of exposition in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certainly more action. There's there's more of a there's more of a consistent pace mm-hmm. throughout. Uh, Infinity War, where it really is just battle to battle to battle to battle. I mean, Thanos is the main character. By the way, Thanos goes from like the main character to just a you know kind of a bit character in this. To be honest, which is great. Which is it's it's interesting because Thanos was the main character of the first one, right? And it, it, and it's a different Thanos technically, right? Because that Thanos dies in the first fifteen minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. and then we are greeted with Guardians of the Galaxy Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, who whose purple shade was different from what I remember? It was. You're right. In the uh, the original Guardians movie. So, <laughs> what's going on there, guys? Did he change his tan solution? I mean, in Avengers, he was flat out red. He was like red, <laughs> red pink almost. Yeah, he, he was a very different looking guy. I think we have another clip. Yes. Arjun, you introduce this one. So this is another friend of the show, Danny Golub, who is a big MCU fan. Uh, I remember in the weeks leading up to the movie, she would be watching uh, Endgame theories, and we would discuss them uh, at work, and it was always pretty funny. Um, But she also has a very interesting hot take Hmm. uh, about a certain character that we actually haven't discussed yet, and I think we were saving it for this hot take. Take it away, producer. Oh, wait, that's me. Hey, what's up? It's Danny Golub on Was It Good? And here's my Avengers Endgame hot take. Ready? Captain Marvel sucked. And I know, I know, it's a hot take, but I feel like she was completely unnecessary in this movie. Like, she was so hyped up, she had her own movie right before Endgame, and she was kind of a total bust for me. Like, I really expected her to come in and be the key that we needed to defeat Thanos, but she just wasn't. Like, in my opinion, she kind of came in and belittled everything that had gone on on the other planets that she wasn't serving, and then left and wasn't around for the whole movie. Like, where are you? I know she said she was dealing with stuff on other planets, but we never got to actually see that. And with, like, a three-hour and two-minute runtime... I would have liked to see, like, a little bit of what she was doing on God knows what planet. But, you know, when it came down to it, she came back at the end, and she couldn't actually defeat Thanos herself. And she kind of just made everything look easy and had a little bit of a bad attitude. I don't know. Maybe not. I I mean, I'm all for female superheroes. I love that she had her own movie. I loved her movie. But in Endgame, she just didn't do it for me. I don't know. What do you think? That is a take. It's definitely a take. uh, She's... I, I think she's absolutely right. I mean, I, I mean, I've said <laughs> yeah. I, I said this during our Captain Marvel podcast. I was just not thrilled with. I love the character of Captain Marvel. Mm. She is a badass. She has a lot of spunk and attitude. She's also super fucking powerful. Brie Larson just does not do this character justice. You can at me at Ravi underscore Ramgopal on Twitter. I will fight you on this because we should not. We should not, like, just because you're playing a character who's, like, a badass or whatever, changes, blah, 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 doesn't mean bad acting and a bad portrayal is okay. And I I feel like I saw a lot of that during this uh, film. We do have to to mention a couple of things about this, though. First of all, what we saw in Endgame was Brie Larson's first portrayal of the character. What we saw in Captain Marvel was her second. Second, and thirdly... A lot of our favorite superheroes had to grow into their characters. Captain America, first Avenger, wasn't that great of a movie. He wasn't that great as a character. He really grew into that role. So you got to give uh, these um, actors and these characters a chance to, to grow. Um, Doctor Strange, same thing, sucks. 
Uh, he still sucks. Well, yeah, but again, you got to let them give them time. He was better in Infinity Wars than Endgame. That being said, uh, Danny is absolutely correct. They set up Captain Marvel. Uh, forget about what you thought of the movie or what you even think of the character. They set that movie up um, after Infinity War and between Endgame. The end of Infinity War, we have Samuel L. Jack, Nick Fury, um, basically calling her, right, to come and save them. And then we get this movie where she's basically, oh, she's got all these crazy powers. And we know where she's been. And now we get this movie. She was in it for the first, what, 10 minutes? First 20 minutes, maybe? And then she comes in at the very end and isn't even the instrumental part in beating Thanos. So I don't know if it was uh, Marvel and Disney's idea to subvert expectations to kind of like oh look like you know dangle this like you know candy and like this is the prize and it's really not you it's know, the maybe, original avengers maybe that's the, what the they were trying to prize. do like to throw us for a loop either way that i think that hurts captain marvel what's interesting is her purpose in this movie is to save iron man and defeat the fleet at the end defeat the fleet it's like mount her, the curb you can her character is and I, I, I'm sad, sad to say this. It's useless. Her character is useless. You could take out her character and replace it with Thor. A nuke. Or th- you could replace it with <laughs> with with a nuke. Anything else, honestly, like her. Like, like seriously, the United States military could have just nuked the damn thing. Sure, fine. Yep, could have nuked it, and then Tony and Nebula could have found a different way. Uh, but other uh, than that, which again, they like Christian just said, and and, and Danny, you know, Danny said not being important. You know the end, the end credit scene in Infinity Wars, right? Up to date, your most important movie was this pager for Captain Marvel, and the character did almost nothing. I mean, it's a marketing ploy. We need to boost the sales of the Captain Marvel film, a film that yeah had a female lead by a female actress, badass character. By itself, it was released. If it wasn't, if it was released. I don't want to put the the Ravi guarantee on this because, you know, I can't. But if this was not released around this big event, this that film probably would have just fizzled. Like, I don't think it would have done as well as it's been doing if it wasn't connected to this bigger event. I agree with that because I think a lot of people, a lot of people that did see Captain Marvel believed, oh, this is setting up a big part in Endgame. Yeah. Uh, and even the end credit scene in Captain Marvel explains why Captain Marvel is able to go save Tony and already there on Earth. And if people are like, oh, he's a weird sexist person, whatever, Ant-Man and the Wasp did the exact same damn thing. Yes. They put that stupid movie in that slate to help boost sales. But it was still important, though. It I was mean, It was the, important. The, the actual, sure. The actual sure. narratively speaking, I mean, it's, it's a very... I thought that was actually well done. I actually enjoyed the Ant-Man in this movie. Um, he's I'm, important. He's a very important. He's character. important. He was hilarious, guys. No, he's not. The rat that pressed the damn machine is the savior <laughs> sure. of the entire fucking universe. Well, then there you go. But that, but the Ant Man and the Wasp movie, which I actually did enjoy, no, you didn't. A lot more than the first one. Stop trolling us. It wasn't. No, a great I agree. Movie, it, the second was I, better than the first. But one. I enjoyed it. It was funny. So and uh, and it was important. So at what point then, like that did that was more important than the Captain Marvel movie? I hate to say it then, like there's there's. I wouldn't call this person a friend of the podcast, more of an acquaintance, Aaron Harris. What? Right? He said this. All- <laughs> Aaron, you're a friend. Don't listen to him. He said this like we almost. Like he said this like two years ago. He's like, I'm fucking done with seeing the one-off superhero movies. 
I will only see the bigger event type films. But like then, the he, but then you're gonna get super lost in what's happening. But that's the thing, though. I, and you know, if if he's listening or if anyone's listening <laughs> that did this, please at us. Those that didn't see Ant Man was it good on Twitter? Those that didn't see Ant Man the Wasp. Those that didn't see Captain Marvel. Were you actually lost during this film? Like, let's be honest here. Does did, neither? There are only like small, maybe two, maybe like. 30 seconds of information that you actually need to in order to kind of understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And you can get that in that YouTube recap video that we all watched. I did. I actually didn't either. <laughs> oh, I did. So I'll say this. It's it's like the Star Wars thing, right? Uh, to relate it back to Star Wars. It provides greater context yeah. and gives it gives more emotional meaning to those characters. Yeah. Ant-Man, and the situation. Right. Ant-Man's a more enjoyable character because of those first two Ant-Man movies and because you saw his journey in... Ant-Man and the Wasp and him going into the quantum realm and them explaining the quantum realm in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's very similar to Snoke in The Last Jedi. Let's say that, right? Snoke dies, but it has no impact, right? At least for you and for many other people, like myself included, because we don't even know who the fuck this character is, right? That's the same with Darth Sidious. What? True. Right. At the time. When when Darth Sidious first came out, when episode four, five, and six came out, you had no idea who the Fuck Sidious was. He was just some badass cloaked motherfucker. Right. Well, I mean, but, he didn't know but, any of these characters in New Hope. He, but yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. He's, he's referenced, but, but he's that's, referenced to in all three movies, though. He didn't come out of nowhere. You don't see him in Return of the Jedi, and you're like, oh, who's that? He's an important character in but all Snoke, three movies. But, well, 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 so this is, well, this is what, well, so my point is this, not to de- derail us too much. Uh, Palpatine, Palpatine, is, Palpatine and even Anakin are further emphasized in the prequel trilogy. Right, because you see the fall of Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader becomes an even more impactful character now when you rewatch the original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what the one-off movies for the MCU are, right? Not necessarily necessary to see the adventure movies, but they at, they they make the viewing that much greater, right? I'm confused by this term "one-off movie." What well, are you talking uh, about? They're, so, they're all part of well, trilogies no, no, no. and series. Right, those no, well, not one-off movies, but the individual movies, right? The, yeah. So, like Ant-Man, like Ant-Man, right? Which is just, You're just about, talking about the singular super. The singular movies, movies right? Sure, yeah, that's what sure. we mean. Okay. So, like, is it necessary for the team-up movies? No, because you know, then it probably gets too confusing if it's like the all the de- all the plot points from Ant-Man are in Avengers Endgame. You know what I mean? Like that. That's just hard to keep track of. Like we're not that intelligent of a species to, you know, understand. We're not dolphins. Le- we don't understand that level of of minutia and detail. But it 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 enhances the viewing experience. And I think what they have to do with these individual movies is, I think what they're doing with something like Far From Home, where there is the big event movie affects the sing the the individual hero movie a ton and is and it, it is the dealing of the fallout and they have to become these kind of so more intimate right character driven pieces so you know why they did this first what in the comics that's why they had exactly. these big events like yes. secret war civil sure. war infinity gauntlet because they realized the individual character was cool but it's the same story over and over again it can only go so far but then the team up thing that was cool but then there needed to be some kind of event something that changes things and rewrite stuff. And that's where we're at in the MCU. That, that finally bring it to the movies. We're bringing it to the great. movies finally. And that's why I'm like, we're entering a new age only within the MCU of comic book films. Where, like you said, and hopefully, fingers crossed, 
The big events affect the individual. And, and vice versa. Some, right. And it should, to, a, to a degree, to yeah. a degree. Yeah. But we get something new now, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Because the, first, the, the last big event failed in that regard. Civil War failed to truly, I would say, change the MCU. So this is how I look at Civil War. Civil War was never meant to change the MCU. I think Civil War is just literally to... to it's, it's almost like Ant-Man. To give you some context to this. I think everything's been building toward this. There's no MCU movie before Infinity Wars and Endgame that changed anything significantly. Civil War was one of them. I don't think it was ever meant to. I think the problem is they marketed it wrong, and us fan people uh, were like, "Oh, they're going to change I, everything." I would argue. It, Ava- I would argue Avengers changed to the MCU. The first Avengers changes the MCU because you have the introduction of aliens to the entire world. Sure. You have the introduction of superhero like a super more superheroes than just iron man right which just happened two years before mm-hmm. uh and that shapes the rest of the mcu into that direction right sure. which is that build Win- up winter too, soldier sure. also changes the mcu too how hydra it changed, that's for, captain, for captain america yeah no but remember that also pushes on the events of ultron and it also i would say to a degree is a reason ultron is even like that's they the come sa- up with the idea that's of the same level as ant-man in the wasp movie like yeah, sure. You got like these like you know it's they're important like little elements, but it's the if you're gonna knock Ant Man and the Wasp for this, you it's the same level. Now we have real change, like real change. Characters are dead, like you know people have been away for five years. That's real change. Not yeah, like, no, of course. Not like you know the yeah, but it's that's the same level. Yeah, but Ant Man and the Wasp is still a terrible film. The worst that's MCU opinion, movie man. is still Thor: Dark World. Yes, it is. Iron Man three. I think Thor Dark World tours. I haven't seen Thor Dark World in a long time. Don't you don't need it. to. I bought it for some reason. And with that, I think it's time we do the oldest question that the nerds ask one another. Another <laughs> one wow. another. Uh, Krishna. Yeah. Baldy. Oldie bro bro. Was Avengers Endgame good? Yes. Yes, it was. No surprise there. Arjuna, was Avengers Endgame Good. Nobody likes dead air. Come on. Yes. Wow. You really have to think about it. Twas. Yes, he did. Ravi, was Avengers Endgame good? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Big surprise. If you got to this point of the podcast, if you're still listening at me, and I will send you one of our toys from our set. Uh, Quick question. Would you watch this movie... Again, I just like offered the view or something for free, and you completely cut me off. No, you finished the point. No, but who, they don't know what to at me at. So listen, if you got to this point <laughs> off the podcast and you're still That's listening, good point. good point. If you're still listening, at me at Ravi R A V I underscore Ramgopal R A M G O P A L. At me, let me know that you got to this point of the podcast, and I will send you a gift from our set. But you have to, you have to. It has to be tweet. the first person to do this. You have to tweet Ravi a specific phrase, and that phrase, because you have to get past that point, is Hail Hydra. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> and Ravi will That's send good. you. Uh, and it's gonna be the first person. Because what if a bunch of people do this? Yes, yeah, the first. Yeah, the first person to at me will get a, a, a free gift. Can I do it? No, I don't Damn like you. Uh, anyway, would you Arjuna, wa- would you watch this again? Uh, yeah, I'm going to tonight. Really? I w- You guys want to go? No, I have work tomorrow. Oh. Uh, you can't ask me that. I already saw it again. So we see it a third time. Y- yes, I'm probably gonna go see it again this weekend when um, you both annoy me. And I want to leave. So. That is fair. There we go. That is fair. Do you even live here anymore? Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. 
We are Was It Good. We are a podcast that comes out for TV, movies that we want to talk about and tell you if you should watch them or not. You can find us at Was It Good on Twitter, at Was It Good BTM on Instagram. We also do this podcast live on the Twitter, Was It Good Twitter. And, Twitter. And also on ba- uh, Bad Tacos on Twitch. We will be fixing that to make life easier. Goodbye. Good, good day. Good day. Good day, mate.